Welcome to the Woodland Heights Baptist Church Sunday Talks podcast. Sunday Talks is a weekly roundtable discussion about theological and cultural topics. For more information and show notes, visit whbcconway.org forward slash Sunday Talks. Here's your host, Pastor Larry White. Welcome to Sunday Talks. Sunday Talks is our alternative uh, on Sunday nights during this season, during the quarantine. Uh, and we've been having some great conversations on some topics and uh, on scripture and have enjoyed having my guests with me. But we are taking a different turn now with Sunday Talks as we uh, approach the summer. Uh, back in 2017, right after I became pastor at Woodland Heights, I uh, had this ambition to go through the Psalms on Sunday nights. And calling it Psalms for the summer, and uh, we uh, started that with Psalm one in 2017, and this summer it comes up to Psalm 31. It'll be our fourth summer, and I thought I want to keep this going, Brad, because this has been a, I think it's been received well. I haven't heard otherwise. I agree. Uh, and so uh, since we can't be together just yet, or we're not yet, so we're going to do this in this way. And we've got some great adult Bible study teachers, uh, and I'm sure Brad, when you're a young person, you you saw that coming up through the church. Uh, and we still have so many that are they're great teachers, and Brad's one of those that, that I appreciate his teaching. He's actually working with high school, junior high, mm-hmm. junior high students now, mm-hmm. and making a transition back to work with college. I guess I announced that here today. Uh, Brad's been in our church since you were high school senior. That's right, 1992. And 1992. And uh, his wife, uh, uh, Nicole, has been in the church longer than that charter charter, charter member mm-hmm. and then uh, lawson and lauren their two kids uh he's also the uh, assistant principal at conway high school and so he has that duty which is a, a, a strange time to be yes to, no be, doubt. to be doing that right now and uh, making preparations and so i want to thank you for taking time i know you've been studying preparing for this and i'm looking forward to doing this uh, i've always joked about tag team preaching and so this is kind of what we're <laughs> going to do and we'll do it together uh, but what we always want to do is we're going to start with Scripture, and particularly with these Psalms for the summer, we're going to we're going to spend our time in the Scripture. And the most important thing that you will hear either of us say tonight is what you hear directly from God's Word. And so we're going to actually read the 31st Psalm, all 24 verses. And so I've asked Brad to start that, and then I'll pick it up about halfway through there. So Brad, if you want to go ahead and start Psalm 31, verse 1. You bet. Psalm 31. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net they have hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. I hate those who repay regard or who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul and you have not delivered me into the hand of, of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. Because of of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. 
those who see me in the street flee from me. I have been for, or I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. All right, now pick up verse 13. For I hear the whispering of many, terror on every side, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. O Lord, let me not be put to shame, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute, which speaks insolently against the righteous in pride and contempt. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. In the cover of, the presence of, of your presence, you hide them for the plots of men. You store them in your shelter in the, from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me when I was in a besieged city. I had said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight, but you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord pre preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. That's all. Do we do, agree to do all this, Brad? My goodness, it's a lot. That's a lot. Of, there's a lot in this in this passage, and we're not going to cover it all. Hopefully, it will be some fodder for you to go back and study the, this passage for yourself. But we want to hit some highlights of this passage. And one of the things that, that uh, we talked about a little bit before was that uh, you know that this our Bibles have probably yours does as well, Brad. There has the kind of the subheading of how this was. This is to the choir master, a Psalm of David. So we believe it to be written by David. But some of these we don't know the specific context, but but I think we both agreed that, that many commentators would say this was a reaction to David's dealing with his son Absalom, who had who had had a conspiracy and, and rose up against him, and and uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff to me and all that that we're not going to go into, but uh, you can go back and read Second Samuel 15 and 16 and be some of those passages that give you some insight to that. But just as we kind of start off with, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was a couple times in here he mentions, and it occurs over and over in the Bible, the Bible talks about our soul. And uh, 271 times in the Bible, 100 of those times are in, in the book of Psalms. Um, and so I want to talk about that a little bit and just that, that uh, um, you know, our soul is is inmost part of our being. It's who we are. It's, it's really, it's, you know, when, when we think, when I think of Brad Edders, I, I get your face in my mind that this is Brad Edders or maybe it's what you do, but the soul digs down deep into mm -hmm. us. And I think this is a reflective thing that, that, uh, um, that we need to think about. The Bible talks a lot about man talking to his soul. Um, you know, in Psalm, in Psalm 42, it says, why are you downcast, O my soul? And in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. Um, and there's others like that. Even in the New Testament, the, the rich fool said, I will say to my soul, eat, drink, and be merry. Um, and then one time in Lamentations, the soul speaks back to the man. And so there's this conversation going on. And, and uh, so I guess for a Christian, that's kind of like saying when we talk to ourselves, you know, but we're actually speaking, speaking to our, our inner being. Um, what do you think about when you think about the, the soul? I like, what you, uh, I like what you said there about it's like we're talking to ourselves. Well, we better have something good to say. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it better be built on something right. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I think our I think our soul mentioned here anyway 
just reveals the depth of, mm-hmm. of what David is going to speak about as we go yeah. through this and about, uh, we talked even before about his highs and his lows mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, it affects our innermost, our innermost man. And we know that when we become believers, that soul comes awake. It comes yeah. alive yeah. in yeah. Christ. And we have understanding of things that otherwise are dead to us. We have no, yeah. we have no concept of. And so, and it's not just that there's, there's pain and there's joy, there's suffering, there's, you know, uh, rejoicing in, in, in different things, but there's also uh, an understanding of God's place in all of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think the, the reference to soul is, is deep. It, yeah. it, it hits, yeah. it hits, it yeah. hits inside. Yeah. And that's, that's one reason I love the Psalms is that, man, this is not, this is not a, you know, a, a, a surface level thing. This thing really digs yes. down deep into who we are. And David is, in particularly in the other psalmists do too, but particularly mm-hmm. him, pours out his soul uh, uh, to us. Um, and that kind of fits in with the next thing that I would point out is that, that the psalms are divided into different categories. Uh, one of those is called lament. Uh, and just like we get the book Lamentations mm-hmm. from, that, to be uh, grieving, to be, mm-hmm. to be sorrowful, to, have, to express regret. And, uh, um, you know, I think about that with this particular passage if, if it's true, and it most likely was that he was, this was out of uh, um, Absalom's conspiracy. Um, David, a man after God's own heart, did have some regrets. I mean, I mean, he had, there's his, his sin with Bathsheba, Uriah, uh, even some things, he how he dealt with some things with Absalom particularly, mm-hmm. he surely had some regret. And so out of that comes some of this, 60, 60 of the Psalms, over, over a third of them, are what we call laments, and so certainly this is one of those that, that uh, uh, would, would fit in that category. Um, but as it is, for me, Brad, one reason I love the Psalms is that it's like therapy for our soul. I mean, that, that, you know, this this is like a um, uh, a salve. I'm showing how old I am. We're talking about yeah. salves, you know, but but uh, a salve for your soul. Yeah. This that I can just, you know, my mother, my grandmother used to put Ben Gay on my on my yeah. chest to make me make me breathe at night. And uh, this is like a, a deep thing in my soul that I can, I can pour this over and there's comfort in, I don't know if there's comfort in somebody else's sorrow, but there's comfort in their, in their the common experience that they've had and they overcame it. I agree. I think this says this is normal. Mm-hmm. It is nor- David could be speaking for any of us. Yes. And especially right now as, yes. we, yeah. as we lament uncertainty and, and different things and, and for some folks financial hardship and Certain, certainly, uh, you know, physical illness during mm-hmm. this time. There's, there's a, a, a commonality mm-hmm. that, that yeah. he's having here with us. You know, thousands and thousands of years later, this could just as easily be our own voice yes. right here. Yeah, and, and I agree. And, and there's something you you said about this too, and and, and just about uh, the flow of this passage. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, share, share we were that. visiting just before, just talking about how. David throughout the psalm just has his ups and his downs, and, and they're, they're high mountains and, and low valleys, even just in these, in these 24 verses, where he is, he's in the, the, the lowest of, of despair, but at the same time, he's in the highest of praise. And one of the things I was sharing with you is that I felt like the theme here was that he would go high or low, but he always returned back to the middle, and in the middle was the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. And time and again, he uses different language all the way through, but he talks about these, these attributes of God. And, and yeah. we were visiting about those. And uh, I shared that the, night, the neat thing about the attributes of God is that he is the, 
the highest, the, the superlative mm -hmm. of any of those attributes. Yeah. When we talk about love, well, the love I have for Nicole and the love I have for my kids is strong, but it doesn't compare to God's love. Mm -hmm. He is the highest love. Uh, whenever we talk about sovereignty, uh, we think of kings or rulers, and they may have a level of control, but they're not sovereign the way he is. Right. So when we list out the attributes of God, the things we learn in you know, Sunday school when we're little and we memorize those, mm -hmm. they really, truly, in their purest form, really only describe God, yeah. the Godhead. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's interesting that even in, you know, when as John records in Revelation, they says that he says that the, mm -hmm. the angels, the saints, the, the elders gathered mm -hmm. around the throne say back to the throne and the one who sits on it, holy, holy, holy. Well, only one holy is necessary. Yeah, yeah. But it's said three times for yeah. emphasis because it, it is the highest of the highest high. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. when he lists these attributes of God, God is faithful, he's trustworthy, he says he's our strong fortress. He is as strong a fortress as mm -hmm. ever could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It is, he is the best fortress. Yeah. And so that's why I like whenever we see this pattern of David going high and low, and that's me. I'm, I'm high and low, mm -hmm. and I've had more lows during the quarantine than I've had highs. <laughs> um, but I see David always coming back to that, that central, strong mm -hmm. uh, qualities of God that, yeah. that just drive him. And yeah. so he has a place to land every time. Yeah. And that's where we are as believers, yeah. that as knowing Christ, we have a place to go. We have a place mm -hmm. to land. Yeah. And, uh, and so I see that pattern happening through here. Yeah. It's, it's like an anchor. You know, while you were saying that, I was thinking back to uh, um, about the time you graduated high school and I was <laughs> finishing seminary. Uh, I was I would just started pastoring a church and going through a very rough time. And uh, um, I asked an older, wise pastor who, who I respected greatly. I said, here's, here's this problem. I've got this problem, this problem. And he came back with a statement that I've since heard other pastors said a long time ago. He said the answer for every one of your problems is in is in the character and attributes of God. Yes, yes. And then I read a book by Tony Evans who was just on mm -hmm. those things. And so I went back through that and read the book again and preached mm -hmm. a sermon series on the attributes of God. And it didn't fix any of the problems that I had <laughs> in the church. But here's but it did fix me. There you go. So that I was like you're saying about David, I was grounded as like okay. David doesn't say his circumstances changed. Yeah. I mean, he's still he's still going through these hardships of what he's dealing with, but there was this peace kind of in the midst of the storm. Yeah, I'll share something, but I didn't share this with yeah. you earlier. Uh, my dad shared with me a few years ago a, a, a statement that was designed to elicit a response from me. Mm -hmm. And he said, I have stopped praying for the peace of God. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that sounds dangerous. You know, mm -hmm. why, why, would you, why would you do that? And he said, because I have under, I understand that all of the qualities of Christ, all of the qualities of God have been given to me in Christ. They are, they are, they're present within me. I have the mm -hmm. fullness of Christ. He said, I've stopped praying that I would uh, get the peace of God. And instead I have asked that I would be broken to the place that I understand and can live in the peace that God has already given, already given me. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. And mm -hmm. we, when we talk about, you know, David says here in, in verse uh, 3, he says, you, for you are my rock and my mm -hmm. fortress. Our prayer is not, God, come, come be my fortress. The, the, the prayer perhaps should be, 
I recognize you as the fortress. Yes, you already Teach are. me to, le- to to enter. Teach me to lean in. Teach right. me to, to, yeah. to be there because yeah. you have not changed. Yeah. You've always been the same. And So fix me, just mm-hmm. as you said. Yeah. Fix me yeah. with your attributes. Yeah. That's good. You made the point about the highs and lows and mm-hmm. I said earlier about the roller coaster kind of ride. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is David's prayer that he prays to God. All, most of the Psalms are prayers to mm-hmm. God. That's that's my prayer life. In fact, I think it's a good cause. I don't do this often as, as much as I used to, but to actually write out my prayers and put them in a, in a journal. And I've got I've got that journal. Um, I've got a couple, maybe three or four of those actually. But it's sad for me to go back and re- read those again and realize that man, I've got there's some times where I'm really low, mm. and there is some real distress and. Uh, and I look back on the, and I think it's just what you said. When I go back and I, I find times where I was really focusing on the character and nature of God, that even there were some worse things happening to me, and maybe in those times, but I was I was more grounded, and the, again, the highs and lows weren't weren't the same. It kind of goes back with yeah. the next thing with this lamenting mm-hmm. of. So I guess we've answered the question. It, it's, <laughs> Christians can be distressed, right? Yes. And depressed, and go through yes. difficulty. Yes, but he's not created us to stay there. We shouldn't, yeah. And to live there. And so, whereas if we were lost, we wouldn't have any choice but to stay and live there. But but in Christ, there's there's hope, as you you preached uh, last week. We have hope in that. And you made a statement, and I'm just a few years ahead of you, but but I think we're both there, of how, you know, the... uh, uh, when you're younger, you tend to have more of the highs mm-hmm. and lows, but then there's been this more consistency as we get older. And I think I think we, especially with some of the some of our older believers mm-hmm. in the church, that man they don't they're not bouncing off the walls or they're not deeply depressed, but there's yeah. just this consistency. Yeah. Over time. I think that's peace. Yeah. That's yeah. just that's just peace. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. good. This is a good good great passage. Um, one one thing I'm talking about the distress back there in verse seven. Uh, uh, David says, uh, let me get the right chapter. It helps if you look at the right place. It says, um, you have known the distress of my soul. He's talking to God. And that, you know, sometimes I think when I'm crying out to God, it's as if I'm telling him what he doesn't know. You know, it's like, mm. do you know, you know how bad this is or how horrible this situation is or how they treated mm-hmm. me or what they said to me? And he's, he's reminding the Lord that he knows that you know all the distresses of my soul. And, and I would just say to those listening, those watching, uh, God knows their situation. God knows right where we are. He knows what we're dealing with. Nobody else knows. There's a song in there. You, you can, you're a better singer. Could you sing, No One Knows the Trouble I've Seen? You know, that one? Oh, the, yeah, uh, throwing my bass voice for a yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, but but like you said, Christians are not supposed to stay there. We, we get there, yeah. but that should not be the normal mm-hmm. life for us that yes, we're there, but we need to practice what David did there. Just even acknowledge, hey, I've got these afflictions. I've That's got right. these heartaches. But you've seen all this, you know. That's that's, you know, we're 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 going through difficult time uh, as the whole world is, but we're not persecuted like some people are mm-hmm. in China and Africa, who who are risking their very lives and may lose their lives for the sake of the gospel, and even in their situation, they can pray that prayer, Lord, you've seen my distress. I mean, I, yeah. I, that almost makes me weep to know that. Mm-hmm. Some of their faith is so strong and so incredible that, that yes, we've had distress. Uh, but I, my distress doesn't even begin to become with David's. David's life was, you know, sought by many different people. Agreed. We have no frame of reference to know what what many believers around the world endure and encounter. We have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Um, 
just a couple examples we, we just, about lamenting. That first mm-hmm. one was verse seven there of, of how he he says I I had this affliction. I, I, you know my situation. Verse nine though is one that jumped out to me as well. The uh, uh, ESV which we're reading from says, "Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes wasted from grief. My soul and my body also." I think it's NIV that translates it this way. I've cried my eyes out. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking a bunch of country songs. Hank Williams has got one like that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm crying. You know, I've cried my eyes out over you. Um, That I think that's a that's also a common experience for Christians Mm -hmm. that that we have we've had times of weeping and sorrow and and times of of incredible grief where um, I'm going to give a couple examples. So so I mentioned to you earlier one, you know, and it it impacted my wife even more so than me. But when we were expecting our our, uh, third child and, and lost that child in, in early in the pregnancy and, and uh, with a miscarriage and, and, you know, that's, that's a grief that doesn't go away. And so many people, so many families have experienced mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and difficulty. And another for me that where I've, I've wept more had been through just dealing with migraine headaches that have just been mm-hmm. such incredible pain and sometimes calling out to God and saying, I don't understand why, why am I dealing with this? You know, I mean, here's, Joe Smith over here, who doesn't love you, who doesn't know you, and he goes about his everyday life, and I'm trying to serve you, and and I needed to go back and read verse seven. You know my distress, and you know God's been gracious in that. I, the, one of the victories I have is that there's medication for that, and and other yeah. some other lifestyle things that I can do to change that. But uh, um, you know, so, someone made the statement before that that you know God can't really use us until He breaks us, until until we get to a place of where we are. I think we've had to experience sorrow, you know, mm-hmm. where we've been through some difficulty. And uh, um, you made a point about that too, about about not only is it for us, but how it might minister to other people through that. I had a, a my when you shared that you were going to share mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. sorrow. I thought uh, of a time when it's been you know 14 years ago that our business closed, and I had taken some time away from teaching. It was in another business, and. Uh, and we had made we'd made mistakes and errors and that, but that business was coming to an abrupt and sudden financial mm-hmm. shutdown. And uh, I had a, a house with a huge mortgage and uh, lots and lots of credit card debt and no job, no mm-hmm. no prospect mm-hmm. of anything. And I can remember sitting in my master bedroom, sitting in a chair, looking out in the backyard, wondering what's next, mm-hmm. and just weeping. Not mm. knowing, I do these two small children, and I have Nicole, and what's next? Mm. And and I wish I could say that God came in like a flood at mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah. It took a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I agree. I think it takes a. It, in order for us to be grateful, we have to mm-hmm. be. We have to have experiences to have been grateful for. Mm-hmm. And so I I don't trade any of that. Yeah. For yeah. the world, because He did come in and and minister yeah. and put me right back where I was supposed to be. All along, um, but I think it also goes back to understanding when when we when we read passages such as that that all things are going to work for the good yes, of those yeah. who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Uh, ultimately, we can, and like in your prayer journal, yeah. look back and see, man, He was faithful. Yeah, yeah. He was so good to us. Yeah. Uh, but in the in the moment, it's hard to see sometimes. Right, and, and knowing that I look back over all those in that years, it's mm-hmm. like none of those things killed me. I thought <laughs> I thought death was imminent, and and yet I survived every one of those, and and not in my own strength. It was the Lord that sustained me. There was a there's something I used to share with my college students years ago, uh, and it, I mean it's, it's true. 
is if we believe that God is good and holy and just, and we truly believe that about him, then the things that he does are good and holy yes. and just. And whatever he allows me to go through is ultimately for my good, and he is holy in it, and he is just to do it. If not mm-hmm. anything, he's merci- merciful and grace- gracious to us. Yeah. Uh, so when I don't understand, and there's something that I can't wrap my brain around, I do know that God is good, yes. and he's holy, yeah. and he's just, and that ultimately it's going to, it's going to be for my good. Mm-hmm. There's some, I think there's some peace to be found in that yeah. in the middle of, of suffering to, to realize God's not changed. My position in him has not changed. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, too, uh, out here in the front, when Lauren was about one, and, and we know my daughter, Lauren. <laughs> we love Lauren. Everybody loves Lauren, I hope. Uh, yeah. But she is uh, she's headstrong. She was a headstrong one-year-old. Is that from her side of the family? Uh, no comment on okay. that. Uh, but they, she was about one, and I was carrying her. You know those steep stairs that are out here right in front of the office. And typical toddler, she was fighting me. With, she had pretty dress, curly hair. She was everything she had in her trying to push off of me and get me to drop her mm-hmm. or to let her go because she wanted to be free or do something. Mm-hmm. And it had occurred to me as I was walking down those stairs that if she fell, she was going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay, But, of course, she didn't fall because I, I had a hold of her. And I thought, isn't that just like us? Sometimes in our grief or our suffering or our pain or whatever, in our selfishness, we push and we fight against God with everything we have. And his righteous hand just keeps us mm-hmm. right where he keeps yeah. us safe. He keeps us secure and carries us. He carries us through. Yes. Uh, but I think I see that in this passage yeah. some here, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The... Uh, Along with the grief, David David prays a prayer a couple of times in here in the first verse and seventeenth verse, kind of as 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 a bookends in this passage of "Let me never be put to shame." And so, just that jumped out to me for some reason. I went back and looked that there was the the word "shames" one hundred sixty four times in the Bible. A fourth of those times again is in Psalms. So, just like lamenting, uh, shame comes with that. And, and uh, um, the, uh, so I went back and did some reading, did some research, and, and just on the difference between shame and guilt, and shame uh, being the thing that, that uh, when a person experiences shame, they feel like they personally are flawed, that there's something about them that's wrong, and so they, they're embarrassed, uh, there's nothing you can do about it, um, and then guilt, on the other hand, is that it's not, it's not me personally, it's just something I've done. I'm guilty because I've committed a sin or I've done something that was, was wrong. And that there's hope of forgiveness in that, and 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 I don't know where where we might all go with this, mm-hmm. but I know certainly now, um, I think this fits into one of the topics we're dealing with right now in our culture of of uh, injustice mm-hmm. and how we race relations, and that we would treat anybody, whether whether it's the color of their skin or it's some uh, uh, other issue about them, or maybe where they're from, or, or their culture, or their you know, uh, even, you know, a deformity that a person might have is that, that that's who you are and yeah. that we, you know, I, th- I think in this country, honestly, with, with, with race relations, many times blacks have been, a shame has been placed on them that this is the color of your skin and you are a good or bad person because you are this color. Or, you know, you've even, you've even seen the, probably the uh, little psychological things that have done but test with children where everybody with brown eyes was treated a certain way and everybody with blue eyes, which everybody knows God loves people with blue eyes more, but uh, not really. The, uh, but, uh, and how, it, I mean, the, it was shame because they could, you couldn't change the color of your eyes. You right. can't change the color of your skin. And, um, man, that, that's, that's, 
there's so much more that can be said about that. We don't have time to do, do all that. But, but um, other than to say that uh, I think that somehow in there that fits in with David saying, I don't want, I don't want to be in a place where um, I'm, I'm of no use and that, that uh, you know, and you, you brought out something in there about, about you know, there's a, there's, there's a reason that God wants us to, I guess, succeed would be the thing, but also his purpose is to be carried through. And, and yes, you know, one of the things I was pointing out with Pesher uh, well, you're the pastor. I'm, yeah, like yeah. I'm talking to the camera. I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, uh, was that in verse uh, in verse three? David says, and it just it's right after you know, just a couple mm-hmm. verses after he mentions shame. He says, "For you are my rock and my fortress." And it says, "And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me." And that, and we were talking, you know, just before mm-hmm. we started up that, and I thought about this even as you were saying something just a minute ago. Shame is human to human. That yeah, is a yeah. human invention. Yeah. That is a, a a flawed thinking applied to other flawed people, mm-hmm. and 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 then it just festers and grows, yeah. and it's it's a lie. Yeah, shame is yeah. a lie in terms of our judgment of right. of persons for things they can't control, they can't control or control, or, yeah. or have yeah. any any uh, make any difference about. Um, but what what I think. David adds to here is that the reason why he doesn't want to be put to shame is because it would put to shame the Lord's anointed. Yeah, it would yeah. put to shame the Lord's called person. And as believers, we're all called. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I love that that it's for God's own name's sake that He does the things that He does for yeah. us. It yeah. is for His glory and His honor that He loves us and protects us and is all of those things that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just think that's powerful. Mm-hmm. This is about him. Yeah, it is yeah. all about him. And you know, with that, the whole idea of shame and guilt is that I want people to know this, and this is I want them always to know this, and I want people listening, watching, that uh, as as a person living today, as long as you're breathing, you are never too far from the grace of God. And there's that's there, right. there is uh, no matter what shame somebody's put on you, or what they've called you, or what they've said about you, or the guilt that you feel. Is that there is forgiveness that's free and there's mercy yes. that's real and it's and it's and it's more than enough. And uh, you know I love the passages every morning His mercies are new yes. and that we have this promise. In fact, that comes out of Lamentations where the whole book's about yeah. all the woes <laughs> we have and sorrow. Yeah. And 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 yet David I think is going to that, that's that again one of those in those ups mm-hmm. and downs he sees that in this passage. Um, one of the things that I wanted us to talk about. In fact, it's it's you know the the. Uh, um, the cross really sets at the center of everything in the scriptures and Jesus himself. And so everything in the Old Testament is pointing towards him and the New Testament is pointing back to to that. And uh, it's not hard to look at Psalm 31 and not see Jesus all, mm-hmm. all through this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, one of the things is, is certainly the verse where where uh, he says, uh, you know, into your hands I commit my spirit. In fact, that's that's verse five. verbatim mm-hmm. what, what he said on the cross. Um uh, what other ways do you see Christ maybe in this in this passage? You know, uh, there is. Uh, we were talking before just about all the parallels and, mm-hmm. and how it does. Like you said, it doesn't take much to find Jesus yeah. throughout all the entire Old Testament. Uh, but like for instance, we see Jesus come under attack. Mm-hmm. Jesus falsely accused. Uh, we see yeah. him uh, with people who are quite literally out for his life. Yes, uh, and yet. We see in his prayers, uh, and even as he deals with uh, mm. the apostles in the upper room, and, and in his final addresses to, to them, and in John like fourteen through seventeen, we see the high priestly prayer come through there. Uh, it is all about overcoming, mm. 
mm-hmm. all of those all of those yeah. adversaries. And uh, he warns them. He says, "Look, this is coming. You're mm-hmm. going to have people come up against you. Yeah. And in fact, if we're not having people come up against us, something might be wrong. Right? right. Uh, you know, if Satan doesn't see us as a target, we we might not be doing what we're supposed to. Uh, but that's where I see this because mm-hmm. all through here, as David says, uh, you know, incline your ear to me. Jesus prayed something very similar in mm-hmm. the Garden of Gethsemane, yes, yes, uh, yeah. and 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 begged God for mm-hmm. a uh, I don't know if beg is a, is a good word, but pleaded, pleaded yeah, yes yeah, with yeah. the Lord to the point of sweating, yeah. of sweating tears. And so I think I think this speaks very closely to mm-hmm. Jesus' experience, especially in the last weeks yeah. of his yes, ministry. Yes, you know, sure. and, and I, love, I appreciate you bringing up that passages incline your ear mm-hmm. of uh, I mean there's there's I mean we could just take any one of these mm-hmm. verses and spend a whole lot of time but that one of God bending down and hearing yes. me and that that you're right that is a great point Garth the Gethsemane experience of him calling out to God and David doing the same thing and 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 I like you said th- these last weeks I mean I mm-hmm. I went as I read this again this afternoon I went back and thought about, you know, the movie like The Passion of the Christ where there's mm-hmm. so much put on those last hours of his life. And it's almost as if these could have been the thoughts of Jesus mm-hmm. as he's as he's experiencing that and, and even, you know, some of the things that may were going through his mind on the cross. And and uh um it's just it's just so powerful just to have that that perspective to look at look at this. And again, so many of the Psalms do that. I also like verse 18, and it says, let the lying lips be mute. And we see mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. as the apostles were teaching in the first century church and people are coming to, to Christ by the thousands at, at times, is that, is that it, it, it says in, in one particular passage, it, it talks about how Christ's enemies were silenced. Yes, yeah. They were silenced. Yeah. Everything they had yeah. said and done, including the primary accuser, he was silenced. Yes. And so they, those lying lips became mute yeah 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 powerful powerful stuff um you know um we didn't talk about this before and here i'm throwing you a curveball as i said i might do that so 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 what what do you think about so david says into your hand i commit my spirit Mm -hmm. and then jesus said the same thing what 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 thoughts come to your mind with that with that phrase well i think it i think twofold there is you know our christian life is is twofold. It is right now, mm-hmm. and it is eternal. Yeah. And I love how, especially Paul, as he writes in the New Testament, talks about our salvation in terms of past tense. Mm-hmm. We are sealed in the Holy yeah. Spirit, mm-hmm. and yet talks about how we are working out our salvation day right. to day. So there's the, the present tense, and there's the, the future tense. Mm-hmm. And I think this fits in mm-hmm. both present yeah. and future, yeah. because it's not just the it's not just the commit my spirit for eternity. I don't just want for lack of a better term, fire insurance, okay, mm-hmm. on heaven, mm-hmm. it is I commit my spirit daily, yeah. just as you said, new every morning. And in that we, you know, I told you my one of my life verses is Hosea 6, 6, where God says, I don't want your sacrifices mm-hmm. and your burnt offerings. Mm-hmm. What I want is for you to acknowledge me, mm-hmm. acknowledgement of God and mercy on your fellow man. And so that is committing, uh, to me, that's committing my spirit daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I see it twofold, both temporal right now and yeah. eternal. Yeah, and, and he says there in another passage, verse fifteen, that 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 uh, but twofold thing there too. I think of my times are in your yes. hands. Mm-hmm. That, that this time right now, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just just to be very practical. So one of the things that that uh, 
people are dealing with now is, is a is a fear of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And and I've, I've been thankful to hear many in our church respond and, and that, you know, yes, we want to be cautious. We want to do the things that are necessary to protect ourselves, but that my death has already been appointed. God's already laid that. It's in, in his sovereignty. He's already set that yeah. out and that, that there's really nothing I can do that's going to change that. He's, he's in control of mm-hmm. all things. And so if I'm going to trust him, uh, again, for the eternal thing, why don't I trust him for right now, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I was talking to someone this morning about it, said that, you know, our fears are not so much in, uh, I think I'm learning this. Or one thing he's been teaching me is that, you know, I'm not afraid to die. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I am concerned about the process. You know, I, you know <laughs> the, 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 if I could choose how it's going to happen, how it's going to take place, that's more of our fear. But even in that, I've got to say, you know, in your hands I commit my spirit. My times are in your hands. However, He chooses to do that. Like you said earlier, uh, this is for His good, for my good, for His yeah. good pleasure. Um, he's going to protect His namesake even in that. And so we need yes. to trust Him. And and I. I feel like I'm a broken record on that in the recent sermons, but just reminding our people all the time that, you know, our our testimony and our witness is at stake and that we yeah. uh, have an opportunity to make a stand for Christ, to show that we're trusting in Him and relying upon Him at the same time, doing all the things we were supposed to do, precautions are to take, but really trusting. In, and, and you said this earlier as well, is that... Um, God didn't intend for us to live in a in a, with a spirit of fear. No. Bible says He didn't give us one. No, and so we need we need to run run from that. Um, kind of, I kind of sidetracked off off of, well, of how Christ fits he, in with that. But, but He gives us wisdom. You know, I trust the Lord, but I wear my seatbelt. Yes, you yes. know, He gives us He gives us wisdom. Yeah, 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 and just to do the precautions that yeah. you should do. But, but again, Christ is all through this. Um, in fact, I want to encourage those that are listening, watching, that. Read the Bible with that with that intention. How is how is Jesus in this passage? And, and one of the mistakes we make in reading any passage of Scripture is making ourselves the hero of the passage. You know, uh, you know, we want to be Joseph and and uh, in Genesis and how you know Joseph is the hero. And and if we really go back and read it again, we'll be we'll be quick to find out we're the brothers. We're not we're not we're yep. not Joseph. And in this passage, sometimes we're not the one who's who's handling the persecution well we're, we're, we're on that downside of David's experience of, mm-hmm. of crying out sorrowful um, and uh, but, but David does here point to Christ and you know I don't even I don't think David knew that I don't think he knew that I don't think he knew that hey you know I'm making this statement that uh, um, uh, into your hands I commit my spirit that one day Jesus is going to say this on the cross um, uh, but it also goes back to me to show that Jesus life was so filled with scripture I mean he quoted so many mm-hmm. scriptures uh Sometimes it was just a phrase here and a phrase there, and it's hard to sometimes figure out where he, where he pulled that from. But it was just so. I mean, he was. The, these these were the things he meditated upon, and, and I, I think you make a great point because that's exactly what David is doing as he goes high and low. Mm-hmm. He constantly comes back to scriptural truth again yeah, and again yeah. and again, and it, it comes back to uh, you know Psalm one nineteen. If he, we must hide his word in our mm-hmm. hearts so we even have that to draw from. Ephesians 6 says that we're to put on that full armor so that yeah. we can address the day, we can address the enemy. And part of that is the sword of truth. Yes. And I love that in Ephesians 6 because that's actually the only weapon mentioned. Mm-hmm. Everything else is shield yeah, and covering protected. and everything else, but what actually drives us forward and being yeah. able to, to come after the lies of Satan with is with truth. Yes. And so I think that's what David does here. He just continually comes back mm-hmm. to, to things that are true of God. 
and what God has said of Himself. Yeah. Well, this is rich. I have, I have. I'll tell you this now that we're coming to about to come to close. Yeah. I have never preached from Psalm 31 before. Huh? Uh, never really done a Bible study on Psalm 31 mm -hmm. that I can remember doing. And, and so when I, when this one was the first one, I thought, well, this is going to be hard. And it wasn't, and that's one reason I asked you. I knew you'd, you'd, you'd make the most of it and do well with that. Any final thoughts about Psalm 31 before we wrap up? I don't, but I have a funny story. Okay, you tell a funny that story. Might be, that might be helpful. Uh, you talked about when you were a child, your grandmother, I think you said your grandmother mm -hmm. would put Ben Gay on your yeah. chest. And when Nicole and I first got married, uh, we had a, a thing of Ben Gay in the, in the bathroom. And in early one morning, I put it on my toothbrush. And I will tell you that if you if you do that, it is uh, it's not a good thing. It'll it's, clear your sinuses. That, that is sad for your soul. Yes, that's it? right. Yes, yes. and your sin. Yeah, and your stomach. That's and right. Else. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it was it was it was rough. No, this has it's, been this has been a lot of fun, and I've well, enjoyed. Well, this thank very you for much. doing it. Thank you for taking thank time you for to do this me. and come on Sunday afternoon. And, and again, this is uh, if you're watching it, you know it's on live stream, but it's going to be on a podcast as well. And, and I've enjoyed going back to listen to. to all those that, that uh, have been posted appreciate that so uh, it gives us different ways to get the word out we're going to continue through this lord willing through the summer and uh we'll take on 31 through we are on 31 32 through 40 uh next sunday night uh, david house is going to join me that'll be fun that'll be great uh, i love david and, and we're going to talk about psalm 32 is a psalm that, that a lot of you talked know about one of the, my favorite songs you are my hiding place came yes. out of psalm Psalm 32. So we're going to have a great time with that. And, and each week we'll have uh, another another guest with us throughout the summer. Looking forward to being able to teach these together. Well, thanks again for uh, uh, watching or listening to uh, uh, this Sunday talk and hope that you have a great week. And we'll look forward to you joining us back next time when we gather together. Thanks so much.